Welcome back to the Daily Devo here on the Waypoint Church Podcast. My name is Logan Miller, one of the worship leaders here, and it is Friday, the end of another week, and if you're anything like me, it's hard to believe how quickly the weeks are flying by at this point. Uh, At the beginning of this whole season, it felt like uh, time was palpable, like it was you could trace every moment of it, and uh, as this has gone on, everything just keeps speeding up, speeding up. And so here we are at the end of another week. We are wrapping up this week with uh, just a little taste of the story catechism. Uh, Today's entry is on perfection. And uh, before I get to that, I just want to say one thing, because uh, there may be people out there asking, well, everything you've read has been about creation, has been about what we were made for. There's no talk of sin. There's no talk of the fall. There's no talk of all these other things. Uh, that are critical to the story. And I would just say, yes, the the rest of the book, I've read about uh, 10% of the book. The rest is available at storycatechism.com and uh, traces rebellion, traces uh, restoration, the gospel story traces recreation ultimately. Um, But one thing I do want to say though is, uh, you know, as evangelicals, we have a tendency to very, very quickly jump to the fall. And the fall is obviously a critical moment. It largely defines our story. But I have a professor uh, professor, uh, in seminary right now, and he has this phrase that I love that he says, most Christians uh, believe that we're created but fallen. He says, I almost think it's more important to say that we're fallen but created, that God did create us and we were made for good things. And it's really valuable to remember what we were created for because it largely determines where we're going back to. It determines what restoration, what wholeness looks like. And so, uh, though we haven't been talking a whole lot about uh, the fall and the explicit gospel this week, I hope that you're getting a picture of what creation was, what we were created for, because it's given you a taste and a picture of uh, ultimately where we're heading. Uh, so that's why I think it's valuable. Um, but the the rest of the story is in the book. I'm just not going to uh, lead us all the way through that. You're going to have to do that on your own if you so choose. And I encourage you to do it. Uh, but here we go. Perfection says this. Created from the dust of the ground, the origins of humanity are of fragile beginnings. The writer of Ecclesiastes says, all go to one place. All are from the dust and to dust all return. The psalmist writes, for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. We're fragile, needy, vulnerable, made from dust. Yet paradoxically, we possess the breath of life created in the image of God, brought to life through his spirit. The moreness of God is at the center of the architecture of humanity. The breath of the sovereign, masterful creator was given to us. Though fragile, we were made for more. The Apostle Paul in the New Testament, in a letter written to the church in Corinth, borrows this imagery. He writes, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. See, clay was an everyday, common, and cheap material, yet God saw it fit to place treasure in these jars. We are the jars of clay, the everyday, normal, ordinary, common, and fragile material. His spirit dwells in us, and the fullness of Jesus reveals his authority, power, and greatness in the lives of humanity. We are most alive when God's glory is on display in our lives. 
When the moments of more collide with the often tread terrain of numb and dull, we remember. This may be the origin of such phrases as breathtaking or my heart skipped a beat. What if Niagara Falls, Yosemite, the Grand Canyon, the Pines of the Rockies were all created to remind us? A smell, a taste, all to connect our longing to something more. When tragedy strikes and suffering sneaks up on us, when we're left wondering, questioning, and doubting all this for what? These undeserved moments of grace and surprise woo us back. The invitation to join in the symphony of creation and participate in the rhythm of the creator reminds us, there is more, you were created for more. Herein lies the great tension of the human experience. In our best attempts and on our best days, we are constantly reminded of our frailness while simultaneously aware of our moreness. We get tired, we get exhausted, we find ourselves emotionally and physically at the end of our ropes. We swing back and forth, we ebb and flow, rise and fall. We are perpetually unfaithful, we're frail, weak, and fragile. We often find ourselves in places and moments of hopelessness. We've tried and failed innumerable times. We've been let down, burned, and neglected. Uh, The difficult monotony of the human condition leaves us weary. The everyday monotonous grind of the depravity of the human experience leaves us empty, exhausted, and desperate. Most days we feel too broken to fly, unable to hide the growing cracks of unbelief. Our desperation increases. But the Father of all, the Creator God, never grows weary. He never tires of His great faithfulness. He never gets fatigued from putting His glory on display. He is endlessly and perpetually faithful. He alone always does what is good, right, and perfect. He doesn't swing back and forth like a pendulum in seismic shifts. He doesn't ebb and flow with the tides of culture. He doesn't rise and fall with the kingdoms of our age. He is faithful. He is more. And now he chooses to put his glory on display through his church. You, me, us, the broken, the frail, the fragile. But why me? Why us? Aren't the Rockies more spectacular than me? Yosemite more grand than I? This is still one of the greatest questions and mysteries to grapple. The Apostle Paul writes that God invites us to represent him. Paul even calls us ambassadors and says that God is making his appeal through us. It's in 2 Corinthians 5. The father and creator of all, the one who never tires of putting his glory on display, is revealing to the world who he is through his active work in us, his church. The words of St. Arrhenius echo in our hearts. The glory of God is man fully alive, as if he were making his appeal through us. God the Father shows himself perfectly through his son Jesus. Through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, he reconciles us back to his Father and now sends the church to show what he is like and how he loves. He's making his appeal through you, me, us, his church. He is still creating, and he is bringing shalom again. So there it is. That is perfection. Uh, I didn't read the whole thing there. Uh, that one was a little bit longer, so I kind of trimmed it up. Um, but I, I hope that you guys have enjoyed that. Uh, it's been awesome for me to to take a trip back through this book, this resource. And uh, I think it's pretty amazing. So I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity to get to read that to you. And uh, that's it. For Story Catechism, we will be back on Monday uh, with something new. And uh, between now and then, though, we've got our normal gathering time. So I hope that you tune in, waypointchurch.com slash live, Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Join in the chat. Tell us where you're joining from. We would love to connect with you. 
and see you then. So we love you. Bye.